The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror the unofficial Once Upon a Time internet radio show exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Tuesday, September 22nd, 2015, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. Thank you for joining us tonight for our preseason kickoff. We are going to bring directly to you all of Once Upon a Time's Season 5 casting scoops, episode titles, and spoilers. So we are officially warning you right now with a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I would like to introduce you to my co-host for the night, the owner of the Storybrooke Mirror Tumblr site, the amazing, the fantastic Katie Cat. Hi guys, I am beyond excited to be back. It's been a really long time and it's about time we got back to seeing more of our favorite show. Absolutely, it's been a long time, but it's felt like a very short time to be quite honest. Yeah, it really has, actually. I don't know what it was about this time, but I'm thankful. Exactly. Same here. So I'm really excited to chat with you, Katie, tonight because we're going to go through all of the spoilers that have come out during the hiatus. We're going to get into the casting scoops. We're going to get into, you know, the, the set reports and whatnot. So I'm super excited to get into that with you tonight. For those out there that have been listening to us regularly, you know that we have additional co-hosts. They will all return next week from the hiatus, and they're super excited to chat with uh, all of you about the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. And you you may hear some new voices in the mix as well, which uh, we're really excited uh, to introduce you all to some new co-hosts here on Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. So, Katie, with that being said, let's dive into our spoiler-filled uh, preseason kickoff. Okay. So, we've got a lot, of, a lot of stuff to cover, um, but it should all be great. So, first of all, um, we have the first seven, yes, the first seven titles to the first seven episodes of season five. So, I think what I'm just going to do right now is give you all of those titles, and then we'll go over new cast and such. So, the first episode back, the premiere will be called, if you haven't guessed it, The Dark Swan, which is kind of, you know, the whole thing for this half season or this season. Um, so that was pretty self-explanatory, but it sounds like a great opener. Um, the second episode is titled The Price. Oh, I should probably go over who wrote these episodes. The first episode was written by Eddie Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, which is, you know, typical for the premieres and, um, usually the mid-season finales or premieres and 
the season finales are usually always written by Eddie and Adam, and they're always phenomenal. So this should be a great opener. Um, the second episode, The Price, is written by Andrew Chamblis and, da- and Dana Horgan. Um, the third episode back is titled Siege Perilous, and it's written by Jane Espenson, which should be great. She's one of my favorite, personal favorite writers for the show. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, yeah, she does really great episodes. If you, if I think about most of my favorite episodes of the entire show, it's usually one where she's involved somehow, if not she's the one who wrote them. So I'm really excited for that one. Um, the fourth episode back is called The Broken Kingdom. It's written by David H. Goodman and Jerome Schwartz. The fifth episode back is titled Dreamcatcher, and that one is actually written by Eddie Kitsis and Adam Horowitz as well. So that's kind of a random episode in there for them to be writing, but um, I'm really excited to see what that's all about. The sixth episode back is titled The Bear and the Bow, and it's written by Andrew Shimblees. I hope I'm not mispronouncing it, but it should. I think it's Zee Chun or Chun. Awesome. Can I give a little bit of uh, trivia? Yes, you can. The Bear and the Bow is actually the original name of Brave. Yes, it was. You're right. That so. was before Disney decided to deprincify the names of the uh, their movies because they felt that uh, the princess sorry uh, the princess and the frog yeah they felt that the princess and the frog was too much of a girly title so they changed the snow queen into frozen and they changed uh, the bear and the bow which i don't really think that's a princessy sounding name anyway but they changed that into brave and they changed uh rapunzel into tangled yeah okay Interesting. Some interesting Disney trivia for everyone out there. Yeah, I like the original title, though. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. So I'm kind of excited that once did that, and it should be a great episode, I would think. Um, okay, and then the last title that we have so far is the seventh episode, and that one is titled Nimue, which is, I'm pretty sure is how you pronounce um, her name in the Camelot legend. So those are all. Oh, well, that's also written. By, <laughs> that was also written by Jane Espenson. So that should be another really great episode. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, but so far, those are all of the titles that we have. Um, hopefully, we'll be getting some new titles soon. Uh, and we're almost done with the first half, I think, at this point. So we almost have the titles for almost the entire first half, which is great. Nice. Um, yes, so we'll get to the new cast, the returning cast, or guest stars. Um, so for those who are not aware, Michael Soka, who played Will Scarlet, has been downgraded from his regular status, which, why was he even a regular status in the first place, place, is beyond me. (laughs) Yeah, but what does that mean, Katie? Do you know, is he recurring? Is he going to be in it at all? Or does it mean that he's just going to vanish into the ether for a little while? I think he's going to vanish for a little while. I don't think he was given a recurring role. And he's also spoiler... I can't talk today. He's also, spoiler alert, not been seen filming at all. At least outdoors. He could have filmed in the indoors Probably on not. set for something, but I'm guessing not. Yeah, I'm like 100% sure not. They're just going to drop his storyline. 
which sucks because they left so many clues and towards, you know, the whole what happened to uh, him and the Red Queen or Anastasia and all of that. So that sucks. But, hey, maybe we'll find out later. <laughs> we can cross our fingers. <laughs> and I do believe Michael Soka actually has got a lead role on a British show. So I'm doubting that he's going to be making an appearance anytime soon. <laughs> um, beyond that, we did have Sean McGuire, who plays Robin Hood, and Rebecca Mader, who plays Zelina, upgrading their status to series re- or season regulars. Um, so that's great. Uh, I know we've kind of been waiting for that news, at least for Sean, for a while. So it'll be great to see more of them, I guess. Well, exactly. I don't guess. <laughs> I just hope that they don't... Uh like ruin it like they did with uh, Ruby in season two and yeah. uh, Will last season because just because they yeah. turn season regulars it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, they actually give him something juicy to do so I'm really exactly. hoping that they actually find something interesting to do with Zelina and I'm kind of thinking that they will because as opposed to Will and to a degree Ruby Zelina kind of is related to one of the main characters so it it kind of i can see them like using her in much more unique ways than unfortunately they did with ruby who was like a bff with one of the characters but wasn't necessarily related so she was you know she could be forced to a degree much like bell unfortunately to be like babysitter and that kind of thing basically that's yeah that's basically it i mean this um this kind this season regular um, rule for every season that they've done since season two has kind of been cursed, I guess you could say. Because, like we said, season two was Ruby and her storylines were pushed to the wayside. And then she was downgraded the next season. And I believe it was the season three. I think it was season three. It might have been last season, though. Um, Neil was upgraded to uh, series or season, sorry, season regular, and then he died in the show. And now, yeah, season three. <laughs> and then I think, yeah, Emily DeRobin was upgraded to season regular, and she really hasn't played a super big role in the show so far. And now we've got Sean and, uh, or no, and then Michael Soka was upgraded to a series regular, and he was in the show like five minutes total. Exactly. Um, <laughs> the curse of not being one of the originals and turning into a series regular. Yep. yep. So hopefully this won't be the case for Sean and Rebecca, but we will see. I can see Sean sticking around. Um, maybe not so much Rebecca past the season, but I guess we'll see what happens. We'll see. Hopefully, I mean, I don't think that they should start redeeming her now, but I hope that she yeah. actually remains a good part of the show, and maybe at some point, you know, we can redeem her. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, that would be great. We'll have to see. But beyond that, there are some new roles that are being cast for this um, half season, at least. The role of Merlin was being cast, and they the role was given to Elliot Knight. His character is described as being a black Brit, Brit in his early 30s to early 40s and boasting a natural British accent play, a man with great wisdom and intelligence beyond his years. This is someone who has always put duty in front of his own desires, even at great personal cost. So, I'm really excited for Merlin. He looks like he's going to do a fantastic job playing him. Um, and 
if you've seen the uh, filming spoilers of him, his costume is one of the most gorgeous costumes I have actually seen on this show so far. So I think they're really going to do a great job with him, and I can't mm-hmm. wait to see where we go. Likewise, I'm really excited for the addition of Merlin. I'm so glad that they're bringing more performers of color onto the series, mm-hmm. and uh, exactly. it, it just it's really exciting. I'm so pumped for this season. Yeah. And for him to play such, you know, a big role, I guess you could say, in the whole uh, Camelot legend and in the show, too, it sounds like he's going to play such an important role. So this this is great, a good step forward for them. Exactly. And Um, I hope that these characters are unlike the Frozen gang where, you know, they were only supposed to be around for their half season. I hope that these characters, especially with the character as important as Merlin within the show's mythology, at least the Dark One mythology, I hope that some of these characters not necessarily become series regular, but maybe, you know, they recur or they pop up every once in a while so that we can see them again, you know, whenever they're needed. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. So hopefully we'll cross our fingers that nothing bad happens to Merlin and the rest of the gang, or they don't just disappear back to Camelot forever. Exactly. <laughs> also, Arthur, you can't have Camelot without Arthur, and he has, has been cast. Um, British actor Liam Garrigan will be portraying the legendary king for this half of the season. His character is described as being a good and just ruler who beneath the surface is a master manipulator who can carry a grudge to the grave and maybe beyond. He harbors, hmm, he harbors an eternal burning love for Guinevere that can lead toward being a bit controlling. So I'm kind of, I don't know, I feel really iffy on this character, like what he's going to be like. Um, in Legend, he's supposed to you know, be this great king or whatever, but I kind of feel like uh, once upon a time, going to be putting their own kind of spin on him. So that's going to be interesting to see yeah. what they do with his character. I know that they've mentioned that he's going to have a bromance with Charming, but it'll be interesting to see if he's slightly villainous in a sense because yeah. we, we were introduced to Lancelot in season two, and so we already know that he kind of had a little thing on the side with Guinevere, so I'm going to assume, unless maybe they make Guinevere a little villainous or something, that, uh, you know, something must have happened between them to where, you know, she would, you know, basically cheat on Arthur. So maybe, you know, power gets to his head or something. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. So, I guess we'll see. But it should be interesting to kind of give more, I don't know, more character traits to his character. Because, you know, in Legend, he's always this great king. Um, so, it should be interesting to kind of give him maybe some flaws that we can focus on or mm-hmm. um, flesh out. Um, so, opposite of Arthur, Joanna... I think I'm pronouncing this correctly. Joanna Metras, um, yeah, I think it's Metras, has been cast as Guinevere. Her character is described as being a Latina in her mid-20s to mid-30s to play a headstrong queen who fell in love with her husband's most trusted knight, the dashing Lancelot. She she now must balance her own happiness with the well-being of Camelot. So, I'm really excited. The person I got to play her is... I think she's going to be fantastic um, in this role. And um, it's just, I'm really interested to see the whole Arthur, 
Guinevere and Lancelot thing to see how they work that on the show, but um, it'll be interesting. Yeah. And more people of color as well. Exactly, and Camelot is filled with pretty people, apparently. Uh, Apparently. I'm noticing this pattern here. (laughs) Exactly. Camelot by the CW. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Okay. So, for more new people, Andrew Jenkins has been cast as Percival, who is one of Arthur's most loyal knights. He is also coincidentally very attractive. So, (laughs) I think they just breed them very attractive in Camelot. Um, So, I think he's going to be in the show. I think Arthur's uh, knights are going to be in the show more than we think they are. Um, maybe just milling around in the background, but it should be interesting to see how they work all that out. Um, also, another really big thing, a really big character that's coming to the show that was announced at Comic-Con is Merida from Brave. She will be appearing, and she, uh, Amy Manson was cast as this princess. Um, Adam and Eddie have said that we will be meeting her character sometime after the events in the movie. They'll be giving us hints of where she has been and what she's been up to since the events at the end of the movie. And she will first cross paths with Emma before anyone else. So the person who's playing her looks exactly like the character in the movie. Um, I actually have to admit that I have not seen the movie yet, but it's on my to-do list before... (laughs) before the season airs this Sunday. Exactly. I uh, think everyone's homework should be to watch Brave as well as yeah. The Sword in the Stone, the Disney version, mm-hmm. because there might be Easter yeah. eggs and whatnot from uh, both of the animated uh, classics in yes. you know this first half of the season. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you watch those two at least, because those are going to be playing a huge role, I'm guessing, in these uh, this first half. Um, at least the characters are going to be um, interacting with our cast a lot. Um, so those are kind of the big new people that are coming to the show. Um, there's also some guest star or some guest stars that are going to be coming on. Um, one of them is a guest role that's being cast for episode four, which is titled "The Broken Kingdom." Um, the character is a manservant who is devoted to his employer, but harbors a deep resentment that le- may lead him to do bad things. Which I think is, you know, kind of the explanation of a lot of the guest stars on this show. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see kind of if that if it's a manservant to Arthur or um, somebody else. Um, also for episode five, once is casting the possibly recurring role of Sir Lionel, who's a, a distinguished knight who sits at King, King Arthur's round table and is a single father to his 13 year old daughter, Violet, who will be playing a very interesting role, it seems like, in this show. Um, I kind of, I'll get more into that later, but, um, I think they will be recurring characters in the show for sure. And then for episode nine, we'll be meeting Meredith's parents, Queen Eleanor and King Fergus. Um, I also heard that, I think it was for episode six, The Bear and the Bow, um, Meredith was filming with some of her family members, so we may be seeing them sooner than episode nine. Nice. Yes, so we will be getting her backstory, too, on the show, which I guess we all assumed, but that'll be nice to see. 
Well, I don't know if, um, if it's necessarily a backstory. I think they said that it's yeah. a continuation. So if they show anything oh, okay. from uh, the past, I'm assuming it'll be from the past post-movie. Kind of like how they did with yeah, uh, yeah. Frozen. Yep. Exactly. So we'll see what they do with that there. Um, okay, and so for returning cast, um, Lancelot, Sigval Walt, who played Lancelot, will be returning as a recurring character for yes. this season, which is great because I think we all kind of, it was up in the air, um, and everyone was guessing, you know, maybe he will, maybe he won't, because he's supposedly, quote unquote, dead in this current t- timeline, but I'm 99.9% certain he's not dead. Um, and it seems like he's filmed a lot. So it'll be really exciting to see, um, the whole, uh, his whole triangle with Arthur and, or with Guinevere and Arthur. Exactly. And it's going to be great to see a reunion between the Charmings and Lancelot because they have a really good relationship. Yeah. I'm really excited. They're going to be like, wow, uh, you aren't dead. Exactly. (laughs) Wait, never mind. No, I'm not dead. (laughs) So, yeah, so he will be coming back, and it seems, like I said, it seems like he's filmed a lot. So, look to see him um, some more in this, at least this half season. Also, one of my favorite news coming out of this season is Ruby will be returning for multiple multiple episodes. They said starting in um, this first half. But she really hasn't been filming, and she's currently filming for a movie right now. So I'm guessing she might come in more towards the end of the half season and maybe into the second half of the season. Awesome. I'm just crossing my fingers that it's not going to be like last time where they're like, she's going to be sh- appearing so many times, and she like was randomly in the background um, of season four. Or was it season three? I can't. It might have been season three B. I remember that yeah. now. She would randomly show up in like the background of things. And it was really, she had like one little scene with um, Mary Margaret, I think, or Snow. Yeah, it was Snow. So I'm crossing my fingers that she's really coming back for good, and she'll get better scenes because she was one of my favorite characters. And her leaving unexplained was so frustrating to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking that it might be different this time around. Just from, if I'm going to, you know, use it as, or if I should explain it maybe more in a numbers crunching kind of way, I think it's different this time around because now she's going to be recurring. So they kind of are forced to have to use her as opposed to when she's a series regular, where when you're a series regular, you're kind of getting paid whether they use you or not. Now that they're sort of going to pay her to be there, I'm going to guess that they kind of have to use her a little bit more. If not, that it's just an expensive uh, background gig for her, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, she really, she besides for this movie, she has nothing else that she's filming for. So... Um, I'm hoping that they're going to use her a lot more than what we've seen in the past, um, at least in the season 3B. Also, for our last news of returning get or returning cast so far, is um, Mulan will be returning. They have said for multiple episode for multiple episode run this fall. Now, also like Megan, 
or like Ruby, um, she, uh, Jamie, Jamie Chung, who plays Mulan, has, is still in New York right now. She's not even filming yet. So, and they're on like episode seven right now, I think, filming. So I'm guessing she's also not going to appear until the later episodes in this first half or the second half. Um, so we'll see. I'm really excited to see her back. Um, yeah. I just really am happy for having all these older cast that we've been asking to have back come back. Yeah, we have three uh, right here. Lancelot, yeah. Ruby, and uh, Mulan. And they're yeah, all back exactly. just in time for the 100-episode extravaganza. Exactly. I'm hoping that we're going to see a lot more returning faces, even if they're in it for like a scene or in the background. I think it's just nice to Princess kind of, Abigail. you know, see them. What? Princess Abigail. Yes! She's my favorite! One of my faves! She just disappeared too. Yeah. So, I think, she, didn't she randomly show up though, at one point? Yeah, at the, uh, what was it? The, um, the baby shower? At yeah, Granny's? okay, yeah. Yeah. She's just like, like hey, line how you doing? Or something. Yep. I want some cake. That was her line. <laughs> that's, that's basically what happened. I don't get a lie. <laughs> so that's it for all of the returning and new cast, plus the guest stars. Um, so that's a lot of exciting stuff to look forward to. I honestly, just even from this new cast or the returning cast, um, this, I'm really excited for this season. I'm going to probably say this a million times during this episode, but I haven't been this excited for a new season in a really, at least, last year I was excited, but I wasn't this excited. So I'm hoping it's not going to let me down, but um, it just seems like they've got a lot of great stuff going for them for this season. Yeah, I agree. Completely. Yeah. So, I'm going to go through the general spoilers right now. Um, these are things that really don't fit into any specific category. Um, so we'll start with the tagline for this season. They've got a few different ones that they were working with, but the basic one is evil isn't born, it's made, which is one of the um, ongoing phrases, I guess you could say, of the show. Um, also, when asked to describe um, once upon a time season five in one word, Eddie Kitsis replied, Swan, which makes sense. Um, what, the, what is the main thing that they'll kind of be exploring for this um, half of the season is they will be exploring love and what happens when you use love as a weapon. So that will be really interesting, kind of going with the whole theme of the show. Is there's always, it's always wrapped up in some form of love or whatever so it should be interesting to see this side of it when you use love as a weapon so we'll see what happens there and then if you want to look forward to the second half of the season um eddie and adam have said that um they would say that the second half of the season is looking a lot like some of our past will come back to haunt us so that's something to look forward to um for spring but focusing back on this fall, finding Merlin will be the main priority of this um, first half of the season. Um, 
you know, we've got all of our main cast going to find Merlin. Um, and I think the Camelot cast is going to be doing the same thing. Um, they all have kind of the same goal in mind. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, also, uh, kind of veering onto if Selena will be having her baby this season, they did say that we will be seeing Selena's baby born this season. I'm kind of curious to see if it's going to be either a Disney or a Pixar character, or if it's going to be a baby with powers or something along those lines. They're just kind of like, I don't know, they're focusing so much on this baby that it just seems like it's not going to be a regular baby being born, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering how much of a time jump we're going to see, because I was hoping that they would do more than like just a year because they kind of have to explain what's going on with Henry because he's you know he's almost has like chest hair and crap now so I was hoping that they would like jump ahead a year or something and that would have made Zelina already give birth to her baby but I guess they're not doing that so yeah I don't know we're gonna have to see what happens because all this Camelot stuff uh, I, I'm, I don't do. Am I jumping ahead too far? No, I was just going to actually say they did come out with a um, interview today with a bunch of spoilers to look forward to the season, and they did confirm that the storytelling for the season is going to be kind of like season three B was, where they'll be flashing back to Camelot, and we will be the storybook is the present day. Um, stuff that's going on. So I'm wondering if Camelot, you know, takes place kind of like in season 3B where it was like a year ago, if maybe they'll jump forward more than a year um, to Storybrooke, but Camelot will be like a year and a half or whatever in the past. Exactly. Um, So maybe Zelina might have already given birth in the present in Storybrooke, but we'll still see her give birth in Camelot if she makes it to Camelot or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering... Because I don't know how else, unless it's like the season finale or close to season finale, how we're going to see her baby, her baby be born already. Exactly. Or maybe somehow if some of the cast heads to Camelot, maybe during the time that they're in Camelot, maybe Storybrooke freezes. Not freezes as in frozen, frozen, but like the time sort of stops or something. I don't know. Just trying to explain because they're going to have to explain how Henry has grown and uh, there has to be some sort of time change because they're going to be in Camelot for a specific amount of time unless it's going Mm -hmm. to be like when uh, Emma and Mary Margaret went to uh, the Enchanted Forest in season two where it was kind of like a two-week type of thing. Yeah, that could be... I don't know. But they well, still gotta explain to Henry because he's he's getting yeah. old. And or yeah, older, and like I the say. show moves at such a slow rate. Like you wouldn't think it's moving this slow, but it does. And when you've got a growing, you know, team, uh, you gotta somehow explain that sometimes. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. I'm guessing it's gonna be a bigger time jump than what we're used to on the show. I think the biggest time jump we did have was in season 3B with that um, year ago stuff that was happening. Um, 
So it should be interesting to see what they do with this, but um, they definitely have to explain Henry's growth. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Um, somebody asked if we will be um, finding out or seeing Melissa and Lily and their quest to find Lily's father because um, that was kind of an open-ended question from last season. Um, they said that they will not be focusing on it for at least the first five episodes, but they are planning on delving into it at some point because they left those story threads open for a reason, um, and they won't divulge if it's somebody we know or a new character. So I still think it would be really cool if she was um, related to... Um, Arthur in some way, just because, you know, it's Arthur Pendragon, or Uther Pendragon, which was his father. Um, it just makes sense with the whole dragon thing. Um, yeah, but, but have I don't know if they're do that. anything about any of the two, Maleficent or Lily, being no. on set? Okay. So no, then, we have not. Yeah. So and we're on the seventh episode already, so. Yeah, so we might not see this until, like, the next half. Yeah, yeah, definitely could be. Um... So, yeah, sad news for people who want to see that, but uh, they did say that they want to delve into it. I know they said that, that in the past with some storylines, but I kind of am leaning more towards they are going to explore this sometime. Especially um, if the next half of the season is, like, history, what is it, history comes back to haunt you or whatever? Yeah, your past um, comes back to haunt you. So that would make sense. So I guess we'll find out. Um, okay. Um, kind of going on the theme of will anybody cross lines to get Emma back? Um, they did confirm that Stone Charming might be crossing some lines in getting their daughter back. Um, it seems like from, from set reports, we have seen that they've been arguing a little bit on just exactly how to get her back or, um, whatever. So, uh, that should put some tension between them. Um, Hopefully it's not too dramatic or, you know, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, I'd like to see them come to the forefront a little bit more just because, I don't know, last season's, last half of the season's story plot about them having the secret was kind of dumb in my opinion. <laughs> so I'd like to see them have a better story point to go off of, but I guess we'll see. Um, regarding the Emma as the Dark One, um, she will be exploring just exactly what her powers are as the Dark One. Um, I think the Dark One manifests itself very differently in very different people. Um, so kind of going off of what these people are capable of magically might, um, manifest itself in a different way in each one of them. Um... We know that Emma has light magic, um, so I don't know if it'll be a lot diff... I don't know if it's... I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think I saw some people saying that Emma will be testing out um, different things that she can do with her powers, like crushing hearts and such like that. So... Um, We'll be well, she could technically that. crush hearts before. Was, what, what? Could she not have crushed hearts before? I don't 
know. I don't know. I'm going to have to look that one up. But um, there will be some different things that she'll be, um, that her powers will be doing when she's a dark one. Um, we will be seeing both what would happen while Emma's becoming dark and what would happen when she is dark in the season. So I'm guessing the whole Camelot is um, when she's becoming dark, the whole process of her becoming dark. And then Storybook will be her as already becoming, as already, the, eh, as the full-on Dark One. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. It'll kind of be seeing two different sides of her this season, which will be interesting to see. Um, kind of how I'm most excited to see her process of turning into the Dark One. Because when we saw Rumpelstiltskin when he first became the Dark One, you know, he had that first bit of rage where he killed all those guards and such. Um, it seemed like he kind of changed quickly. Um, but we also know that as he aged, his skin got more old and uh, glittery, I guess you could say. More rep- reptile Sparkly. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sparkly, very sparkly. Um, but his appearance did change with time, so I'm really excited to see kind of how that plays out with Emma um, in this um, season. Um, Emma's spin on the Dark One is unique. Um, we will be uh, kind of going into the Dark One mythology a lot this season. They have said, um, we'll be learning who the original Dark One was, what made them pick, and why there is a Dark One in the first place. So I'm really excited because I feel like the Dark One is one of the biggest mythologies or um, legends on this show. It's one of the biggest things. Um, It's the biggest power, I think, or one of the biggest powers on this show. Um, so I'm really excited to delve into this mythology and um, kind of see the beginnings of the Dark One and why that started out in the first place um, and how Merlin connects to it all. Um, but um, the creators said over and over again that Emma will be doing something particularly bad this season at least early, early on this season, and to the and it will be to the people that she loves the most. And um, that disturbs me. I, it does. It really does. Especially so people see. guessing online what it is, because some people have said that that she's gonna kill Baby Neil. Oh, real? <laughs> yes, I've seen that a couple of times. That's really funny. I have not seen that. You're gonna kill her baby brother. <laughs> exactly. So I hope, I really hope she doesn't. I hope she wounds someone. I'm gonna have a big problem seeing Emma kill people, to be quite honest. Yeah, me too. It's gonna be really hard. I don't know. I'm excited to see her as a dark one, but I'm not at the same time because it's gonna be, uh, it's just such a change in the relationships and seeing her be cruel to the people she loves and such. Um, but, um, yeah, um, I'm wondering if it has something to do with tearing out somebody's heart. 
I don't know if she's going to crush it, but it's got to be someone that she loves. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping it's nothing like killing somebody. I'm just betting against that right now. Um, so, um, kind of going off of the whole um, Dark One, the dagger is a big thing that comes into play with the Dark One. Um, we know that whoever controls the dagger controls the Dark One. Um, we did find out in a recent article that um, going off of the whole Dark One, we know that the dagger is a huge part of the whole Dark One mythology. Whoever controls, whoever has the dagger controls the Dark One. Yes. Um, so they have said about the dagger, there are some caveats in how and when you can control the Dark One through the dagger. Some things can be possible and some things are impossible. Also, there's kind of going to be a power um, play as to who gets the dagger. Um, they're going to want to not give it necessarily to someone who's super emotionally involved with her just because they're not going to be able to pull the plug, so to speak, if it's needed. Um, so I guess everyone's assumption and mine too would be that Regina is the one who gets gains control of the dagger because um, she you know, she has a friendship with Emma but she's not so emotionally involved that she won't um, do what's necessary if needed. Um, so that makes the most sense to me that she would gain control of the dagger. Um, I'm guessing it would be a bad idea if Hulk had it or if um, the Charmings had it or even Henry. Um, so I'm placing my bets on Regina being the one to control the dagger. Um, so that's kind of all news kind of regarding the Dark One and the dagger um, for now. But coming back to Henry, we will be seeing him acting as author more this season. If you forgot, Henry became the new author of the storybook last season. He did break the quill, the magical quill, um, to write in the book. Um, but we will see him regretting that decision. I'm assuming he'll be regretting it because now he can't undo what happened to Emma. Um, so... I am hoping he'll play more of a role in this season, um, especially now as the new author. Um, maybe they'll explore that a little bit more. Um, but, you know, he played such a huge role in the first season. He's kind of played a supporting role in um, these past seasons, except for the Neverland arc. Um, so I'm hoping he'll kind of step up and take um, I guess center stage, I guess you could say a little bit more. Um, so we'll see. Um, regarding Camelot's timeline, um, it does exist in a parallel timeline with Storybrooke, kind of like Arendelle or the Enchanted Forest did. So um, current day Storybrooke right now is coexisting with um, Camelot's timeline until they flash forward to the whole Camelot flashback storybook flash forwards, I guess you could say. I don't know. It's going to be really confusing to see how they work this. Um, I'm guessing the premiere is kind of going to be setting it up where everything is happening currently. And then 
somehow it splits off into Camelot is occurring in the past mm-hmm. and Starbucks in the future or present day. So, I don't know. Um, but as of this point, Camelot does exist on a parallel timeline, kind of like Arendelle and the Enchanted Forest. Um, for those who are not aware, the show will be having its 100th episode this season, which is really exciting. That's a milestone for any show. Um, it will be the 11th episode, which is, they have, Adam and Eddie have said they want to be the spring premiere. So they're going to be messing with the, um, was it 11 or 12? 11-11. 11-11 episode format that they've been doing for the past two years. So for uh, this fall, we'll be showing episodes um, 5.01 through 5.10. And then in the spring, they'll be showing episodes 5.11 through 5.22. So we will be seeing the 100th episode in the spring. We'll have to wait a while, but I'm hoping that we'll get some great spoilers for that as we're waiting. Um, But they said that they want to go big um, with the 100th episode. They want to create a really great experience for the fans and, you know, just see as many returning faces as possible and to just make it a really great episode. And hopefully two hours. Yes, yes. That's what we're hoping because the rate that they're filming right now is a little bit fast. They're also going to be filming the eighth episode and the ninth episode at the same time, which they have not done in the past. Um, That should give them a week, at least a week of extra time that they can spend on the 11th episode. There's a hundredth episode filming. Um, So I'm going to guess that it's going to be a two-hour premiere spring premiere um and it's gonna be great i have this great feeling that it's gonna be phenomenal um i'm really excited that they've made it up to 100 100 episodes and i hope that they continue on making a ton more episodes after this um okay so coming back on the camelot track as we mentioned before charming and arthur will be burrowing it out i guess you could say a lot. Um, we'll see a lot of adventurous side of um, Charming this half season. going to be the most adventurous we've seen him in a while. Um, but even though Charming is kind of hitting it off with Arthur, we will have some of our other characters who are more skeptical of him in the Camelot gang. Um, I'm wondering if maybe Snow is a little bit more skeptical, skeptical of him as well. Um, or if it's Hook who's more skeptical of him. Um, I know it's going to kind of cause a little bit of a rift between them or whoever it is that's skeptical um, and charming who is, you know, full-on bro. Bro friending. Or bro bro with bro friending. (laughs) Having a good, you know, bro session with Arthur. So, um, let's see. Also, kind of going off of Charming, Adam did say that we will be seeing some Regina and Charming interactions this season, which will be great. I don't think we've really seen one-on-one scenes with them since the first 
season? When she tried to seduce him. Yeah. Man. Weird. How far we've Hopefully come. Hopefully it's not that again. Yes. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. So. Also, Regina and Belina will be duking it out a bit. Um, as I can imagine will be happening. Um, we'll see them fight a little bit. Um, see, also, the Magical Rose from Beauty and the Beast will be playing a role this season. And filming spoilers, we have seen that Belle was carrying around the rose in the vase a lot. Um, I think it was both in Camelot and in Storybook. So I'm guessing it has to do with Rumpel's Somehow. I'm not really sure, but I'm really interested to see what they do with it. Um, I don't really remember what the Magical Rose had significance in because I haven't seen Beauty and the Beast in years. And it wasn't my favorite movie growing up, so I only saw it like maybe once or twice. Um, so do you remember what the Magical Rose was? It was the rose that uh, the, um, what would you call her, the, um, the, I guess the enchantress, the, the witch that cursed the beast, she gave him the rose, and if the beast hadn't found uh, someone to love him when the last petal dropped, then he would remain a beast forever. So I don't know how oh. they're going to incorporate that into the series, because obviously it can't be the same thing because yeah. it's very different, but maybe it has to deal with uh, Rumpel's coma, maybe? Yeah, I'm guessing that that's what it will be yeah. referring to. If the last uh, petal drops, maybe, you know, he'll forever be in a coma or something. Yeah, that could that could be. Um, so I guess we'll see. Um, but it kind of looks like Belle might be getting more screen time this season, which, cross my fingers, hope that happens. Um, also kind of going off the whole enchanted objects thing, um, we will be seeing the Magical Gauntlet again sometime this uh, half season. Um, if, you remember, if I'm remembering correctly, that was, it was in last season. And didn't that lead you to the thing that you loved most? That what that was? The, it was your weakness or something like that. Your weakness. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. It was your biggest weakness. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Perfect. So we will be seeing that again sometime uh, this half season. Also, um, we would kind of expect that Robin would have some sort of connection to Merida since, she, or since he is an archer and she is an archer as well. But that is not the case, though we will see both of the, them interact this season. So I'm really excited to see how the two of them, or not just the two of them, but how Merida interacts with everybody. I think that's the most interesting part of new stars, I guess you could say, coming on the show is seeing how they interact with all of our current cast. Yeah, um, I kind of hope that they yeah. maybe use Merida to fill in a bit of a gap in Snow White's history. Maybe, because remember yeah. with the Huntsman, she, he gave her the whistle when uh, he helped her escape, and he was like, this is the person that'll help you, or something like that, and we've always, in the beginning, I would say, we all assumed maybe it was Robin Hood, the person that showed her how to use the bow and arrow and that kind of thing, and then once she met Robin yeah. Hood, they didn't know each other. 
So maybe yeah. even if it's just a sentence, they'll use Merida to be like, oh, hey, Mary Margaret, remember me? Or hey, Snow, I mean, remember me? You know, I helped you with the bow and arrow or something. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I'm really, because I don't know who in the heck else it would be, some random person in the woods or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm really hoping that they do that as well. That would fill in a lot of gaps there. Um, also, kind of going off of this whole thing, but kind of like how Belle and Anna had that adventure that they went on last season, Belle and Merida will likewise have uh, an episode where they go on their own adventure this season as well. And I believe that is the sixth episode, which is titled The Bear and the Bow. Um, Emily and Amy were filming a lot together. So um, I'm excited. Um, I love, I actually, I liked Bowden on his adventure from last season. So it'll kind of be interesting to see uh, Belle and Merida's this season. I agree, but I kind of don't like how they're using Belle to like, pair up with like the new person because they did that with Mulan <laughs> they did it with Anna and now they're doing it oh, with Merida did. I forgot that she had that little thing yeah, with Mulan these as are, well. they're, they're like her best episodes but it kind of sucks that for her to have a best episode they kind of have to pair her up with a newbie as opposed to you know giving her an adventure with Snow yeah exactly I guess we'll see how it works out Maybe she'll interact more with Snow or something in the past. Sometime in the season. We'll see. Um, let's see. Also, we mentioned that there was that new guest star coming on the show who is a 13-year-old girl named Violet. Um, and her father was Sir Lionel. It looks like Henry and Violet will kind of be crushing on each other uh, this season. Um, I know Adam, Adam and Eddie have kind of said that um, they've been teasing kind of that maybe Henry would get a crush sometime um, for the past few seasons, but he's kind of young. But now he's growing up a little bit, so it looks like he will be getting a crush this season in Violet. And I think, I gotta scroll up real quick, but I think it was for episode, was it episode five or episode four? Yes, I think it's episode four that Henry and Violet were seen um, in Storybook, and Violet kind of comes up to Henry and gives him a kiss on the cheek. So, And they were seen talking a lot, too. So I'm really excited for this. I've kind of been wanting to do this for a while to see how Regina and Emma react to that um, whole thing. But um, we will finally uh, see Henry kind of get kind of a love interest. Um, so we'll see. Um, let's see. Also, talking about gold, um, he may be reverting back to his cowardly ways, but kind of like he was before he became the Dark One. Um, uh, now that he doesn't have that Dark One curse, quote-unquote, in him, um, we will be seeing him more as a coward, I guess you could say, um, as he was before the Dark One. Um, I know for a while he will be in a coma, but Adam Eddie has said that that's not a super, you know, exciting role for Robert to play. So he's not just going to be laying around in a coma for the first half of the season. Um, they said that we'll also be seeing him in a way that they've never seen him before, that we have never seen him before in Storybrooke. 
it will be going right back to his essence as a character. Um, so I'm thinking that this is going to be like a whole another personality that we are seeing to gold. I know we've seen several different kinds of personalities, I guess you could say, to his character, um, but this is going to be kind of a new one. Um, I'm wondering if he does start to feel cowardly again because he won't have power, and so he tries to go after the power again. Or if he'll be struggling with going after the power or not going after the power. Um, it'll be interesting because I know all we've seen of gold in Storybrooke is him as this someone who has always had power even in the first season when magic wasn't even back he still had a place of power in Storybrooke um, you know he always has this kind of cockiness I guess you could say to him um, so it's going to be interesting to see how now that the Dark One's curse is gone um to see what he's like in Storybrooke once he wakes up from the coma, that is. <laughs> um, so there's that. Um, kind of relating to Mulan a little bit, they did say that we'll be getting an LGBT romance this season. Um, they said Adam and Eddie will not um, confirm whether it will be with any particular character, but they did say that they want to explore that this season. Um, and they were kind of adamant about that. I know they kind of said that in the past, but they were more adamant about it this time. So, we will see where that leads to. I think we can um, all assume. Assume? Well, I would say they're going to pair think? Mulan up with Merida. I mean, Merida, for the longest, has been a character that the LGBT community sort of relate to and there were a ton of articles you can just google them that uh, were released after Brave initially came out in the theaters that basically was I don't want to say questioning Merida's sexuality but sort of like giving her props for being a uh, basically in, in the first LGBT princess, they were saying, you know, because they felt that she had a lot of characteristics with, uh, you know, a lesbian woman. Yeah, okay. So that could be... Um, so I know it could be that maybe they, most... you know, maybe they saw that reaction, and since she's already been accepted, uh, the character Merida has already been accepted by the LGBT community as, you know, potentially one of their own, then maybe they're taking that on, uh, you know, as a storyline. Much like when Aladdin came out, you know, I'm Latino, and uh, there is no Latino prince or princess in the Disney universe, but a lot of Latinos did, you know, attach themselves on to Jasmine, because she was the one that seemed the most Latina out of all the princesses. So that's kind of what the LGBT community did with Merida, in a sense, you know, because Merida was this tough character that, uh, you know, in the uh, the movie, she was supposed to marry someone, or she was like arranged to someone, or something like that. And it's been a minute since I've seen Brave, and uh, she was against that. And so a lot of characters, sort of, a lot of I should say, a lot of uh, people and critics, sort of took that as you know, well maybe Merida, you know, is a lesbian. So it'll be interesting to see. I know they're bringing Mulan back. They've got Merida. I don't think they're going to go the route of. Uh, Mulan and Aurora getting together. So, you know, I think potentially it could be Merida. 
Yeah, I think that's the most popular theory right now as well. Um, I know some people kind of thought maybe Mulan and Lily as well, um, but if she's not going to be showing up, then I'm guessing not, obviously. Um, yeah, that but, would be interesting with Lily, but yeah. yeah, I don't see that happening either, especially since we haven't heard that Lily is officially returning. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we will find out. Um, we do know that Milan is not for sure coming back until at least, I want to say, the eighth episode because they're almost done filming the seventh and Jamie is still in New York at this point. So um, we won't be seeing her until the last latter part of this half, um, but we'll see what they do with that when they get to it. Exactly. Um, and I for know- all the, the haters out there that are having an issue with this, they hinted at it already in season two so you know yeah, calm it down it's not the end yeah. of the world <laughs> oh my everyone deserves love yep so there you go we will be getting that this season um let's see okay so something else that came out today um the town will be looking for someone to take up the mayor position again for someone to lead after all of these new, you know, acts of craziness have happened in the town. Um, and they've said that Regina and Snow's relationship may be tested as the town doesn't fully trust Regina still at this point, And they might actually look to Snow to lead again. Even really? Though, she did such a horrible yeah. job. And they still don't trust Regina. I know. It's crazy. Oh, I mean, if you think about it, they were terrorized by Regina for, like, years upon years upon years. But, I don't know. Like, it's easier for the viewer to um, to see Regina as a changed character, someone who is still changing and almost there um, to being fully here or whatever. Um, but for them, I don't know if it's harder. I mean, I don't know. They've been terrorized by her for so long, afraid for their lives. Um, but I guess they should really look at the fact that Regina hasn't threatened to kill them all in a really long time. So they're probably good at this point. Yes. (laughs) Anyways, so, um, there you go. So kind of the last thing for the general spoilers um, again, Adam Horwitz has said that as this is the fifth season, we're getting kind of into the later seasons. Um, they do want to see as many old faces back as possible, which was kind of going, yep, obviously along with the news that Lancelot and Mulan and Ruby are back. Um, I don't know if they're hoping to get more people, um, especially for the 100th episode, but I'm crossing my fingers that we will definitely for sure see more old faces back. Okay. So, we're going to switch over to going through the episodes individually. Um, They do have a description for Season 5A, which is nothing fantastic, but I will give it to you anyways. Master storytellers Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz invite everyone to join Emma Swan, Snow White, Prince Charming, the Evil Queen, Hook, Rumpelstiltskin, and all the other resident fairy tale characters as they cope with Emma's new role as the Dark One, and they begin to search for Merlin. So everything basic, but there's your kind of description for this 
uh, half of the season. So, the first episode back, the premiere, is Child of the Dark Swan, and is written by Edward Kitsis <laughs> and Adam Horowitz. It's also directed by Ron Underwood, who has done a lot of great episodes. I can't think of any in particular at this point, but I'm pretty sure he does a lot of the premieres and finales. Um, so there's a bunch of promos out. Um, there's also a press release, which, do you want me to read that right now? Sure, why not? Okay, so the press release reads, Immediately after becoming the Dark One, Emma disappears and the heroes must band together to save her. But first they have to find her, which will require the help of an unlikely ally. Meanwhile, in the Enchanted Forest, Emma struggles to resist her dark urges as she searches for Merlin in the hope that she can stop her transformation. Along the way to Camelot, she gets help from the plucky and brave warrior princess, Merida, as well as King Arthur and his knights of the Round Table. So, this uh, episode obviously premieres this upcoming Sunday, September 27, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um... Kind of, there's some, there's a lot of guest stars for this episode. Um, I just kind of want to mention um, that Grumpy will be back, Granny will be back, the Blue Fairy will also be back, and all of the dwarves. Um, also, we will be seeing the severe nurse, as they call her, <laughs> which she's the one who's <laughs> always in the basement of the hospital. Well, of course, because um, we're going to be visiting the basement more often. Yep. Yes, the Selena there, so I guess we'll be seeing the severe nurse more often as well, possibly. <laughs> yes, they need to give um, that lady Right, right. You could do a backstory for her. <laughs> Maybe not that much, but at least give her a name. She Probably can't not. just be severe nurse. No. <laughs> Maybe they'll randomly give her a name sometime soon. Um, also, interestingly enough, we will be seeing somebody else playing young Emma. Her name is McKenna Grace, and she's a lot younger than the girl who plays teenage Emma. Oh, okay. Which will be really interesting. If she's a lot younger, um, I, I, don't, I should look up how old she is real quick. But she's, I think she's around between six to eight years old. Um, so we're going to be getting some really early um, flashbacks of... Um, Emma, I'm guessing it's going to be in the foster system, or maybe it's, this is how she gets her last name is Swan, because I do know that they've said in the past that Emma took on that last name of Swan from the first family she was adopted by and eventually sent back. Um, I think that was a family that sent her back because they had their own children. Um, so I'm wondering if that might the flashback we're getting. I just hope um, it's interesting. I hope it's not boring, and I hope it's not something that we could just easily <laughs> assume or gain the information from a conversation. Because <laughs> really, you just explained how she got Swan. She could easily just say that, as opposed to taking four, you know, flashbacks to show us. Oh, okay, that's how she got Swan. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen Lost. Yeah. But well, for the longest, yeah. a lot of people were wondering how how did um how did his name was Jack, right? I'm trying to remember. 
It's been a minute. Yeah. How did yep. Jack get his tattoos? How did he get his tattoos? And it, it was like the most boring episode in Thailand ever. And, and that's yeah. kind of known as like one of the worst episodes of Lost. You know, how did they explain how he got his tattoos? Because it really wasn't that interesting. So he could have easily have just said a yeah. sentence. You know, oh, I went to Thailand and I got these tattoos. And this is what they mean. So hopefully right. it's actually interesting <laughs> and we won't be bitching about it after the episode airs. Hopefully not. I know they said we're not going to be getting many, so I'm guessing it's just this one episode. Or maybe it's even just one scene. Young Emma. Yeah, it could just be one scene too, like an opener. I know we had that, I can't remember, it was sometime last season where we had, we first saw Young Emma. It might have, it might have even been season three. I can't remember, but it was the first time we ever saw young Emma, and it was just like a quick little scene at the end of something. Um, but, yeah. So, I'm really excited because this is the time period, I guess, of Emma's life that I have been the most interested in as her as a little kid going through the foster system. Um, so, I guess we'll see. But, um yeah, if you look up this girl, McKenna Grace, she looks a lot like um, Jennifer Morrison. Um, I think they picked another great actress to uh, portray her who resembles her a lot. Um, so, yeah. Also, for those who have not seen the first sneak peek, you can go to my blog at um, Um Also... I have quick links to the sneak peeks right at this link, storywithmirror.tumblr.com forward slash, this is one word, spoiler roundup. Um, it's, I've got um, links to the first sneak peek that they have. Um, they also have a first look at the Dark Swan. It's a really creepy clip, but it's fantastic. Um, they also have a first look to Merida as well. Um, there's also promotional photos that came out, um, and some script teases as well. Um, so, um, they have said that there will be no time jump when we return to this season. It'll take off right where we left off, um, with the, um, gang back in Storybrooke, um, after Emma has disappeared. Um who gains possession of the dagger will be discussed in the premiere. We're not going to be, you know, haggling with that forever. They will be discussing it in the premiere. Also, um, it will be immediately addressed in the premiere as to why Rumpelstiltskin is seen in promotional photos with Emma in photos in the Enchanted Forest. It's very interesting because if you look at the promotional photos, you see Emma, it looks like she's coming out of the Dark One's vault which we did see in the episode where Neil died, actually. Um, and Rumpelstiltskin is there, and he's in, like, his full Rumpelstiltskin form, which makes no sense, because he's not the Dark One anymore, and he's supposedly in a coma. Um, so they're going to be addressing that right away, and I... I don't know. Maybe it's, like, the former Dark One is, like, I don't know, guiding you or something. Yeah, I think so. I think one. it'll be very easy to... an easy answer, and I think it's basically just that. I think, yeah, you know, I think, I'm going to assume it. that maybe 
the dagger, there's some sort of essence in the dagger that guides the Dark One in a sense, and maybe it can take on the form of previous Dark One, so, you know, maybe yeah. one day we'll see Zoso, although I doubt it. It'll probably just be Rumple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll have to find out. Um, but they did say in the first um, few minutes of the episode, we will solve the biggest mystery of the Dark One's dagger. That'll be interesting. I don't remember what the biggest mystery is, but I guess we'll be finding out. <laughs> yeah. How you get the name um, on it? No, I don't know. Right? <laughs> Who writes the um, name? Because it's excellent penmanship. Exactly. Man, I, I don't know. Maybe that is the biggest mystery to me. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Tune in. Um. Okay, so... Um, if, if we're not, wait, okay, it looks like that we should be aware of pregnant Zelina. Um, we're, it looks like she's gonna, uh, be somebody that everyone should be looking out for, um, and they will find out why they should be aware of her in this episode, this first episode back, um, also, they said that we will be seeing one of Disney's most iconic enchanted objects in this premiere, and it's not the sword and the stone or related to Camelot. I'm totally guessing that it's the whole enchanted rose. Yeah. Thing. Yes, exactly. Um, so that will kind of be explained to us, I guess, right away in the premiere then, which will be nice. Um, also, they have said that instead of a new curse, obviously, they'll be delving into a prophecy that takes us to unexpected places this season, which is kind of a change of pace because most of the, like, 80% of the time it's a curse that is kind of the driving force behind a half season or whatever. Um, So it should be interesting to see this whole prophecy thing um, play out through this half season, at least. Um, also, Also, we will be seeing Merlin in the premiere, though it will be in a way that we do not expect. I have absolutely no idea what that Maybe means. it's that magical cloud thingy that we've seen before. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And it'll actually be the be. voice of um, the actor Elliot as opposed to sort of like an ominous sounding voice. Yeah. I'm guessing. I'm guessing that's probably what it is. Okay, so those are the general spoilers for this first episode. Um... I'll kind of get into filming spoilers right now. Um, just kind of a pre-note to this whole filming thing. Um, a lot of the time, people freak out over stuff that they see in films. But just because it's something that uh, someone has given in a set report doesn't necessarily mean that it will be making the cut or that um, it's what it seems. So, with that said... Um, someone ha- saw Emma and Marple Silkskin filming a scene in the Enchanted Forest with, they said, someone else, which I'm guessing is Merida, um, in those promotional photos that we've seen where Merida seems to stumble upon Emma in the woods. Um, also, Granny and the Blue Fairy will be in the first episode as long as, as well as the dwarves as we kind of went over on the guest star list. Um, looked like Emma, Hook, Charming, Henry, Merida, Regina, Robin Hood, 
Snow White, Belle, Zelina, Baby Neil, Roland, the Dwarves, Granny, and the Camelot cast were all in one big scene together. I think that is the scene where um, they were all being welcomed into Camelot. Um, that's a lot of cast there, but it'll be really exciting to see how they play that all out, having all of those people in Camelot with the new Camelot cast. Um, there was a set from Brave. It was the set where it's all about his headstone um, in a circle, circular form. I think that's where she saw the bear. Uh, that's all I remember from, like, trailers for the movie was there was, like, this scene where she was in some hedge, yes. stone hedge and in this thing version, with a bear. Emma is the bear. No. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, from my point of view, it looks like a great um, rep- uh, replica of the set from Brave. Um, also, interestingly enough, it looks like Granny's Diner and a place called the Beer Garden in Camelot have switched places. Um, Granny's Diner is now crash-landed in the Enchanted Forest, and... Um, this new place called the Beer Garden has taken up residence in Granny's old spot in town. Um, I'm guessing some curse or something takes place and drags everyone who is, you know, having their typical, you know, crisis meeting in Granny's to Camelot. Exactly. We've seen in the preview um, there's like a whole lot of shaking going on in Granny's. There is. Yeah. So. Uh, I wonder yeah, if it also takes like, the B&B section. There could be. That would be interesting. You know, people are just trying to sleep and all of a sudden they're transported to another exactly. land. Exactly. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um. Okay. Also, um, back in Storybrook, it looked like Sneezy pulled up to a to the new Granny's type place in a red leather jacket, kind of like Emma's. He, yeah, it looked exactly like Emma's red leather jacket. And he's in the sheriff's car, which I have no idea what's going on there. But um, we will see, I guess. Um, also, in Storybrooke, they filmed a big scene where Zelina is seen to be choking Robin, and she demands... Um, Regina, who is standing with Charming Henry, Bell and Hook, um, she demands from Regina a black wand in exchange for Robin's life. Regina hands over the wand, to which Selena tries to put a spell on. Um, apparently, the spell backfires and hurts her hand. Regina takes the wand back, and David arrests Zelina. So, I'm guessing Zelina somehow gets out of jail, does this whole exchange Robin Hood's life for this wand thing, and then she promptly gets arrested again. Um, also, the last thing seen filmed for this episode was Emma was seen filming a scene in a new Dark One dress, um, and she was in Storybrooke at this point. Um, so yeah, so that was basically kind of wrapping it up on the first episode. Moving on to the second episode, which is t- entitled The Price and written by Andrew Stanbleef and Dana Horgan. Um, they have announced 
that there will be a royal ball being held in this episode. And I believe that will be in Camelot. Um, looks like a lot of a lot of dancing going on. They said that Eduardo Castro um, created a lot of great outfits, um, dresses, and um, such for this episode. Um, they said it's going to be kind of a spectacular thing that we really haven't seen too much of in the show. So I know we've seen a few balls, but I don't think it's going to be as grand as this one. So I'm really excited. I always love um, the scenes in this show where it's um, having royal balls and such like that. Um, moving on to filming spoilers. Um, Snow Charming, Regina, Robin Hood, and Grumpy filmed a scene together. Um, this was in Central Park in Burnaby. In Burnaby. I'm not really sure what was involved with that scene um, too much, uh, but they all filmed the scene together, apparently. Also, the Blue Fairy and Belle filmed the scene. Um, and the biggest thing about this episode is it looked like there were some medieval knights on horseback arriving in Storybrooke. Um, and I think a few of the dwarves were, like, holding their pickaxes up towards them, and one of the knights stole a pickaxe from the dwarf. Um, also, King Arthur's in Storybrooke as well. Um, and then Dark One Emma and Hook filmed the scene by her yellow bug where she seemed to kind of be holding him close. Um, to me, he seemed like he was kind of heartbroken, but I don't know. We will see what's going on there. Um, Emma, and then likewise, Emma, Regina, and Henry filmed the scene on the docks um, sometime. And that's another great meeting place in the show. I feel like everyone's meeting on the docks talking about things all the time. Um, it's like a secondary location to Granny's, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's see. Okay, and then another big scene filmed for this episode takes place in the Enchanted Forest, or Camelot, I'm assuming. Camelot. Um, this is where everyone seems to be running through the woods, and then Snow yells, what are you doing? Um, and then it kind of flashes to a scene where Robin is on the ground with everyone crowding around him before they are blown away by magic. Everyone appears to grab a hold. No, 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 sorry. Okay, Regina then screams, no, take mine, whatever that means, before running up, and she is promptly attacked by some CGI magic. Um, Everyone grabs a hold of her, and they all seem to absorb some of the magic. It's really funny if you look at the uh, spoiler, or look at the filming spoilers for this, because they're all kind of, like, holding hands in a line, like, absorbing the magic. (laughs) It's really weird. I don't know what's going on, but uh, it should be an interesting scene to watch on the screen. Um, Also, it looks like Emma, as the Dark One, will be getting her own house this season. Um, they did acquire a new location for a house for Emma. Um, so they filmed there for a little bit. Also, there was a scene filmed at the town line in Leroy or Grumpy Van. And this is a spoiler that was given kind of recently. Someone said that Robin will be giving Regina a necklace in this episode. Um, so yay. That's basically it for this episode. The third episode back is 
Again, Siege Perilous, written by Jane Essenson. We don't really have too much spoilers for this um, episode, but the few filming spoilers that we did see were Charming and Arthur chasing a hooded man. Um, they seemed to chase him down, and then there was another scene filmed where Charming is holding up a chalice. Um, and I'm pretty sure... I'm going to look it up super quick so I'm not mistaken myself. But Siege Perilous was an Arthurian legend. Um, the Siege Perilous is a vacant seat at the round table reserved by Merlin for the knight who would one day be successful in the quest for the Holy Grail. So I'm guessing that the chalice that Charming is holding up is the Holy Grail. And maybe he gains that seat on the round table. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um, but yeah, there's like no other spoilers for this episode. So this would be kind of a, uh, guess you could say, uh, surprise episode where we don't know much of what's going on before it happens. Okay, the fourth episode back is, again, The Broken Kingdom, written by David H. Goodman and Jerome Schwartz. Um, just a reminder that there is a guest role being cast this episode for a manservant who's devoted to his employer, but harbors a deep resentment that may lead him to do bad things. Um, there was somebody on set who said that they thought they saw a trailer for young Emma, um, so I don't know if this is accurate and if we will be seeing more of her backstory or not. Um, but I guess we'll find out, um, especially when the press release comes out with guest cast list. Um, on to form filming spoilers. Um, they did film a scene in Camelot with Emma and Hook riding on a horse. They both dismount and they walk through some gardens and Emma, I think Hook takes a rose and gives it to Emma and then they kiss in the garden. Um, and Emma has on a really pretty white dress in this um, episode um, for the scene specifically. Um, also, there was a young Arthur and a young Guinevere who filmed for this scene. So I guess we'll be seeing some of their backstory in this episode. Um, and later on, Lancelot and Guinevere, the grown-up Guinevere, filmed the scene as well. Um... So I'm guessing the whole, the title of the episode is The Broken Kingdom. I'm guessing this might delve into the whole Lancelot, Guinevere, and Arthur thing. That makes sense to me. Um, also, this is an episode where it looks like Storybook is getting a fair or a block party. There was a lot of, um, there was a huge set created in Steveston for this, where it was filled with um dolls and stands and rides and such like that um, and our, the entire cast minus Emma I think and the Camelot cast were there um, they all were filming inside of the fair um, uh, Henry was also seen riding up on a horse um, and also this is the scene I think where Violet is seen talking to Henry a lot and then she comes up and gives him a kiss on the cheek also, this is the this is an episode where Merida is seen in Storybrooke. She's 
um, she holds her bow and arrow out like she's aiming it at someone in the streets of Storybrooke. Then it seems like the gold pawn shop door is blasted open and she enters the shop. So that's, that's all we've got for that episode. Moving on to episode five, which is entitled Dreamcatcher and written by Eddie Kisses and Adam Horowitz. Um, the new writer for the show, Bridget Hales, um, has said that this episode is a heartbreaker. Um, that makes sense to me since Eddie and Adam are writing it. Uh, I guess we'll see what that entails. But a lot of people, when this, the title of this episode first came out, were guessing that Dreamcatcher referred to Emma's past with Neil as they kind of have this whole thing with the Dreamcatcher. But Adam and Addy has said that it really doesn't have a connection to that. But it does have a connection to in the magical item that Emma used, I think it was in season two, to look um, into the past and see Archie's death. Yeah. Um, quote, unquote. Not really his death, but you know. Um, so that's basically what this episode is referring to, which is interesting that they are bringing that back. Because that was way back in season two. Um, so yeah, um, they have Adam and Eddie have said this is a very Emma-centric episode. Um, they said we will not see any for flashbacks in this episode. However, we will be getting an Emma flashback earlier in the season, as we know. Also, they have said that this episode is Henry-centric as well. That came out recently, um, so I don't know if that's accurate or not um just because the source i don't know i don't know if that was their assumption the article writer's assumption that this will be a henry-centric episode or not um i wouldn't have a problem with that but i guess it kind of conflicts with what adam adam and eddie have said about it being an emerson-centric episode as well um also this is the episode where we will be seeing Sir Lionel and Violet make their guest appearance um, as recurring characters. If we're moving on to filming spoilers for this episode, Emma and Regina filmed a scene at Regina's at the mayor's house. Um, They both have an argument on the porch. Um, Regina is holding the dream catcher behind her back, and then Regina slams the door in Emma's face after their argument. Um... Emma also filmed a scene with Henry as the two entered her car. I think she might have been arguing with Henry, but I'm not positive. That could have been construed. Um, but I guess we'll find out. Um, this is also an episode where we will see a new Dark One Emma outfit. Um, it's dark. It's very dark again, <laughs> but it's not a dress this time. It's actually, uh, she actually has pants on or pants and a shirt rather than a dress that she's had on in the past for her dark one outfit. Also, Regina, Emma, Henry, and Merlin all filmed in new outfits in Camelot. It was kind of a nighttime scene, I think. Henry actually did have on Enchanted Forest clothes, I guess you could say, which I don't think we've ever seen him in. So I'm really excited because it's a change from the the scarf and the jacket that he's had on for the past five seasons. <laughs> but uh, I know, man, they don't get new clothes for this kid at all. 
except for the top of the boat, apparently. So, a lot. Some people on set did say that during the scene, it seemed that Henry came up to Emma and Henry in tears, and then ran off or something like that. But I'm not sure if that is accurate or not. Um, also, if you do go to my spoiler around the page, there is a link to look to get a closer look at Regina's outfit in this uh, scene. It's really beautiful red dress. Um, that does definitely evoke a sense of Camelot in it. Um, it looks like a lot of the outfits for the Camelot arc are going to be really gorgeous and detailed and medieval look. They have a medieval look to them. So you definitely, if you don't have an issue looking at filming spoilers, go through them because there's some fantastic outfits um, that you can kind of get a sneak peek at. Moving on to the sixth episode, The Bear and the Bell, written by Andrew Chamblis and Si Chun, or Chun. Um, there are filming photos for this where Emma and Rumpelstiltskin were filmed in the woods at nighttime with fans blowing on them. So I don't know if there's some magical stuff going on there, but I would assume so. Also, this looks like this might be the episode where Belle and Merida have their adventure together. They're seen shooting by a hobble, which I think someone said looks like the witch's hobble in Brave, which I know nothing about, so I can't confirm or deny anything. Um, but there was that, and they were seen filming a lot as well together for this episode. Um, there was also a scene filmed involving Snow, Charming, Regina, Hook, Arthur, and Guinevere. Um, it's it was filmed in front of the vault scene. Um, Snow and Charming apparently had an argument there um, before Snow kind of stopped away from Charming. Um, there's also a scene filmed in the Enchanted Forest with Lancelot, Hook, Charming, Belle, Merida, and Merlin. And then Merida filmed a scene on the water with her family which I don't know exactly what that entails, if it's, like, her brothers or her brothers and her parents or whatever. Um, so that's it for that episode. And then episode seven is entitled Minuet, written by Jane Espenson. Um, they're filming that one currently. Um, so what we've seen so far is that Emma and Merlin filmed the scene where she appears to be holding a heart. Also, there's um, there's a scene film Watch later on where Neil. she is holding. Yeah, oh my gosh! Yes, it's his heart. That's what it is. They were right all along. <laughs> also, later on, there is a scene filmed where she is holding her dagger. So that's it, basically. Um. The only other thing I can say is that for the 8th and ninth episodes, they'll be filming those dually, uh, so they'll be saving some time there. Um, I know some other shows do that to save time, um, but like we said, this show has never done that in the past, um, so all we can assume is they're trying to conserve time so they have more time to devote to the 100th episode filming. So that's all I have, except to remind you that um, the fifth season or the premiere is airing this Sunday, September 27th at 8 p.m. on ABC. Also, immediately prior to the premiere at 7 p.m., 
will be a special feature um, called The Dark Swan Rises, a Once Upon a Time fan celebration. That's airing at 7 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. They do have a press release out for that whole special, so I might as well just read that real quick. Um, they said that the special features cast interviews, super fan questions, and exclusive insights from executive producers Edward Kittis and Adam Horowitz. Um, ABC invites new and loyal Once Upon a Time fans to celebrate the magical fifth season premiere with an in-depth look at the series and the unique special Dark Swan Rises a Once Upon a Time fan celebration, which will explore what will happen next as Emma Swan becomes a Dark One and will highlight the characters fans love, including the incredible stories that have created an extraordinary, extraordinarily passionate fan base. Cast members will answer fan-submitted questions and discuss favorite moments as voted on by fans, giving viewers an authentic perspective as they dish on various characters, relationships, and backstories. The special, the special also features interviews with executive producers Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz with exclusive insights about the season fans won't want to miss. So definitely check that out at 7 p.m. before the premiere of the set season. And that's basically all I have for you right now. Not bad. It sounds like it might be actually an interesting special to watch, as opposed to just a rehash of what we've seen. I like that they've kind of try- been trying to spice things up with these specials the past couple of times. Maybe one of the fan yeah. questions will be, when is Graham coming back? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Who is your favorite fairy tale character? Who would you want to be on the show if you weren't your character? Yeah. They always ask that, don't they? Every single convention they go to or interview that they're given. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Would you like to have a musical episode? Yeah. <laughs> That's another one they've discussed so many times. Doubt it's going to happen, but hey, we can all cross our fingers, right? Exactly. Well, it certainly sounds like we have so much to look forward to. I'm really excited about this new season. Me too. I really am. Like I said, more so than I have been in a while. It just seems like they're really focusing on our characters again. Giving us new characters, but also focusing a lot on our... um, new characters. Or, I mean, our old cast, our original cast. Exactly. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So, listeners, definitely, you have to join us for this journey. You can uh, join us next week for the official season premiere of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Visit poppychuloradio.com slash archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash storybrookeweeklymirror. You can also like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. You can email us with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Katie, my co-host for tonight, can you please wish the listeners a good night? Good night, guys. I cannot wait to talk to you again next week. And to introduce you to our brand new co-hosts and uh, a returning voice as well. Yes, I'm super excited. You guys should be too. 
Exactly. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Good night, everyone.